Friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what imbues them with magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my very dapper, head full of information, uh, friend and co-host, Alex Dandino. Coming in hot, this is a hot intro, high energy, high octane, um, digital meets analog explosion of a podcast. Um, this guys is the last episode of our, the pod fears the internet theme. And yes, I know we ran past January, but again, we had some catch up to do. Uh, but this is it. We're finishing it up. I hope you guys enjoyed our double feature that just came out, uh, with Sam Price, the blood of heroes and 13th warriors. Fantasy bros doing what fantasy bros do, even if it's in a distant future. <laughs> God, I love Sam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alex, I don't know if you listened to it or caught up, but uh, Bloody time, Heroes should definitely be on your list if you haven't already watched Every that. time Sam does a show, I listen. It is yeah. absolute <laughs> madness every time he does a pod. I love it. Yeah, Sam is kind of like the most obnoxious person in any D&D group, but... In real life all the time. Yeah. Because whatever you have planned or you think's going to happen, he'll bamboozle you and disrupt the entire narrative. <laughs> he's 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 the ringer, man. That's all there is to it. He's yeah. just the ringer. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun, guys. Uh, we have another double feature coming up with my friend Jonathan Holiday, featuring Head of the Family and The Lost Boys. I know everyone fucking nice. loves The Lost Boys. Uh, I watched it and I had forgotten how fucking top-notch that is. Yeah, uh, cool. So we watched it, and it had been a long time for me. I had to go back and re-watch it with Amy because I was still in the mood, right? I was listening to Cry Little Sister while I was driving. Um, that's like an all-timer fucking flick for me. Nice. I, I, yeah. I, I, I like Lost Boys. Lost Boys is one of those movies that just – Lost Boys is a movie I watched much old, much later than everyone else. Like I watched it like in college, and <laughs> yeah. that was the first time I had seen it, and I was like, huh, why have I waited this long? Like exactly right. Just wonderful. So many delights. Uh, and it still holds up really well, man. Um, I'm excited for you guys to hear that. But again, we are here today to close the chapter on the pod fears the Internet uh, theme. This final one, Johnny Mnemonic. This uh, is Keanu Reeves, who is essentially a, a courier. He's not. He's highly trained hitman style. He's basically, but his main job is he gets information ported into his head that he then takes to another place so it can be um, assembled, right? Sensitive information you wouldn't just send via email. He's FedEx. Uh, Keanu Reeves is a living email who can kill people. Yeah, he's like uh, he's the FedEx man. That's that's what he that's what he's doing in this he, movie. Yeah, this is kind of like the way cooler version of the transporter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it is. This is the yeah. much this is the cyberpunk version of the transporter. Yeah. Like if you are watching the transporter and you're like, I'm only here for cars and muscles, right? You're a very analog type. Yeah. You would be in heaven with iced tea. This uh for the rest of us, those of us and this is shocking to me because I actually texted you. I was like, Johnny Mnemonic is the worst fucking attempt at a William Gibson novel of all time. And then you Google it and you're like, oh my god. William Gibson William wrote this Gibson. fucking <laughs> it's, It plays as such a terrible William Gibson knockoff. Yeah. It's pretty You didn't know that he wrote that. Uh, it tells you an enormous amount about how 
big budget Hollywood movies uh, come to fruition. <laughs> I also, of all the movies we watched this month for the, the pod viewers, I got to say, though, this movie has probably some of the more accurate internet technology I've seen in, in, in these movies. Like, yeah, so you told me that earlier. I'm a little confused by that. Like, I mean, the, are you talking about how that internet actually functions when he, like, jacks in? Yes. Like, the yeah. actual internet? Like, obviously, none of us put on a fucking visor and, like, do stuff <laughs> with our... Do minority report our hands or anything like uh, that. It looks like Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> but the way the internet works and the things that, like, are part of it, that is fairly accurate. Like... Make like not not how to make long distance calls and there's no fucking virus or any shit like that. But <laughs> there is a lot of stuff like data ports aren't in people's butt and brains. But you know, essentially what you'd be doing is carrying a USB drive. Like how many yeah. times have you seen movies now where people are just carrying like thumb drives around? Like it's got all this information on it. This one's just in his head, so it makes it a little cooler. That's all. It's I mean, honestly, for a long time when I was uh, you know writing back and forth as I was you know working here and there. I would always have thumb drives just on my keychain. Yeah, absolutely. But this, this it's funny because, yeah, I like this one because existence is kind of a a biological tech future that features shockingly little tech and tells us very little about the world as it is, right? Right. Lawnmower Man is its own very fucking lovely <laughs> bit of chaos. I mean, I don't even know where to start, but that, that's more of a the internet and technology will become this kind of extra realm where we yeah. can evolve into, right? It kind of gets a little psychedelic. That's times. a little more flowers for Algernon type thing. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, virtuosity is the classic. The, in, the technology will never be enough, right? There's not right. enough carnal delights. Right, right. This is probably the best melding of what we're afraid will happen, but the inevitability of it. Yeah. Um, out of all the movies we did, because... What I like, too, is a, a lot of the technology in this movie is the classic. Uh, it's the melding of man and machine. Yeah. Right. So we're not all like in giant gyro balls. And that's the only place where the action can take place. Right. Um, no, no. The tech a lot of time is built into us. And I, I also I love again, this movie starts with a fucking giant text scroll. Yeah. And I fucking love movies that give me a paragraph or two before the movie starts. I love it. It's in my notes. So, <laughs> I said, Griffey, Griffey's going to love. I mean, who doesn't love a good crawl? But explaining the entire yes. movie right before the movie. I love it, but it's also hard. because I have to pause the movie and let my erection die down before I can fully watch it. No, or, you, uh, or you have to pause it and read the entire thing, which takes a while. This one is <laughs> long, man. No, this, this is one is fantastic, crawl. right? So here are the big ones. Um, the world is suffering from a plague of NAS, nerve attenuation syndrome. And essentially this is, we are so bombarded with our own technology that our brains are kind of overloading and melting down and we die from it. So it's a plague that we infect ourselves with by our gluttony, right? Yeah. Um, and what we learn is that this world is post the info wars, <laughs> which I was like, that's just gotten <laughs> yeah. better with age, right? I know. Like in today's world. That was the best. Right? Like, oh, shit, Alex Jones. Did he win? Yeah, I know. You're like, he's getting kicked off of every platform. Alex Jones has <laughs> finally kicked off iHeartRadio. And he's like, I can't take it anymore. Revolution. <laughs> and uh, the guy with the least information in his brain and his followers start this giant revolution. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty, <laughs> again, like watching this movie, I, I was actually struck by how I'm like, wow. 
we're like fairly close to this. Like there is a lot of stupidity going on in the world right now. And this is definitely up there with being like <laughs> nearly accurate with some of this shit. Well, like, it's funny because this, I mean, to your point, this is what, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I read articles about, it's important that we divorce ourselves from our phone. Uh, when I yep. go upstairs after seven, I'm not allowed to look at my screen. These things are so fucking glued to us in our brains that we're now in this stage where we're having to try to force ourselves to go back, right? Yeah. And and that's a lot of what this movie is, is this this constant glut of lights and information. And uh, William Gibson novels always kind of delve into these realms, right? Yeah. And, again, this is not a William Gibson novel. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about is, some of the distinctions later. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're in the Info Wars, and Keanu Reeves plays what's called a mnemonic courier yes and so these are people like in this one i think it's he's hired the yakuza hires these people a lot but he's hired by a non-yakuza source right uh and essentially yeah he's a he, you put your data in him and he can fucking murder anyone who tries to take it against your will <laughs> well and this is the other thing too is he's had this uh augmentation to his brain so he can be this mnemonic courier but basically, if you don't you don't have enough bandwidth to do this a lot of the time, so what right. you have to do is upgrade yourself a lot of the time and get more memory. But it costs you your memories essentially. So yeah, like, see, I like that when he he's in bed with that chick and he's just like, oh, I would you believe me if I said I actually don't know where my home is? Right. So you Johnny know? Johnny himself doesn't Johnny uh, lacks his childhood memories essentially. Yeah. So, like, when we meet him, yes, he does not remember who he is. He doesn't remember his family or his parents or where he came from or anything like that. All for the sake of being this mnemonic courier. But this is also, like, another great storytelling device that I love in movies is one last ride. Like, it's always, like, the one last yeah. thing. So, this is what well, he did. He gets, <laughs> he gets like, the doubler for, like, an extra amount of money. And, like, by the way. For where we are now in technology, the amount of like gigs he has available in his brain is so shockingly low. Like they're like, "Did you get the doubler? Uh, yeah, five hundred yeah. gigs." No, I'm he like, essentially turned himself into my iPhone. Yeah, I was like, five hundred <laughs> gigs. I got that shit in my pocket, man. Get the hell no, out of here." It's one sixty. That's what he he doubles himself to one sixty. That's what it is. Holy and shit! And everyone who meets him thinks that's like a shockingly huge amount. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, uh, I can imagine most people I meet have less than an iPod <laughs> Nano worth of information rolling around. <laughs> that doesn't shock me that much. No. <laughs> they maybe have 256 megabytes worth of like, <laughs> like, like those little one, like those. Remember those little MP3 players? The first time those started yeah. coming out, they were like, you could like you could put like five songs on. That's what I mean, have. since I moved back to Indiana, I know there are people that would struggle to carry an entire floppy. <laughs> you know, what I mean? For those of you like me old enough to know what a floppy is. But yeah, um. I I liked and this is a funny thing, dude, because at the end of the movie, we start to see that Johnny does have fragments of his original memories. Yeah. And I thought this was such a weird moment in the film because Johnny was obviously rich as fuck. Yeah. In his past memories, he lives in a fucking huge mansion with like this very expansive outdoor garden. He's having this baller ass little kid's birthday party. <laughs> so on the first hand, I was like, well, what the hell? How does this person become a carrier right like rich people who are born to that kind of wealth rarely do anything like this right right they're mostly just like oh, i'll just kind of go in the path that my parents have fucking carved for me and i'll be a little piece of shit trust fund kid whatever so it 
the at the start it kind of bothered me that I'm like Johnny's this fucking little rich bitch like you know what I mean <laughs> but then it tells you a lot that Alex Jones created an info war that destroyed even the highest upper crust <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Johnny's mom I have no idea I will forever be wondering what happened what led Johnny what was so traumatic that he's like I will forsake this beautiful caring mother and this baller ass mansion with which I came from, <laughs> from which I came from, uh, to yeah, go fucking be an iPod. <laughs> I loved, uh, I loved the scene where he actually downloads the information. Like what he has to do, it's one of my all time like favorite things. Is like because when I see actors do these little things, like whenever you have those bits where you have something only you do in a movie, essentially, like yeah. watching him set everything up. And like put like put a mouth guard in and like get ready to like download the information and shit. This little ritual. <laughs> yeah, like this is the thing I love when I watch those movies. I'm like, how much of this is like the actor had to come up with his own ritual, and how much of this was like a director like this is how this works, and you need to set it up here. Da, da, da. Like I love the idea that Keanu Reeves came up with this little ritual, but then the best part is. Basically, the key code for I can't believe I'm by the way I can't believe how much of this movie besides my notes there's like little pieces I can't believe I'm remembering is um, <laughs> the key the um, essentially the way they in, like the way they encrypt their data because I mean you really could probably just much like any USB if you have it you can just plug it into a computer and it works the way yeah. they encrypt their data is by um, how do, it's uh, so he, as he's getting downloaded, he's getting downloaded that and whoever's running the machine, right? Yeah. He frees, he takes a snap of three separate three frames separate from frame. a TV show. Right. Which Whatever is, the, the TV stream is. And then he has to fax, right? In this right. digital world, he faxes uh, like a photo booth from a carnival. Yeah. The three images. <laughs> and if you don't have those three images, when you try to download the information, it's all fucking uh, destroyed. Yeah. I love the the best part is though like and this is again speaks to where we are is the images he's using are from an anime an anime series that I really <laughs> must find but like that's something that's really that's something is just like so wonderful and kind of unique to cyber the cyberpunk genre and also where they were when this movie was made because like all of that stuff gets lumped into one thing because because of Akira like Akira is such like a phenomenally important anime and phenomenally important manga in general but like visually it informs so much of what we see even in live action movies it's pretty impressive oh they have entire giant youtube studies right of all the movies that have jocked akira akira is probably in my opinion has to be near the top 10 most influential movies of all time absolutely and i know a lot of people go oh like would scoff at that but if if it's you look true at what that movie actually accomplished. Yeah, look it's at fucking insane. Look at the design <laughs> of literally any like post. Holy shit, we fucked the planet up, city, and that's pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much Akira. Uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, anyways, we we'll do a whole other show yeah, on Akira. I could, I could do a whole other show on Akira, but yes. What, but what I like, I'm, I'm with you. I like the ritual of this world. What I think this movie does so exceptionally well. Is that, and I think this speaks to the power of William Gibson. The actual world they build in this movie is endlessly fascinating. Yes. I like that, that kind of small process of how they, uh, you know, upload into the courier, the way they travel when they're in certain cities, um, you know, heaven up on the bridge, 
the the plague centers, the doctors who are doing bio enhancements. Yep. And then at the end, we'll we'll talk about like just these crazy fucking sci-fi turns. But <laughs> there is so much happening. It is such a captivating world to explore. Yeah. I think where the Hollywoodness interferes is it's this unbelievable fucking backdrop. It would be the equivalent to me of like if John Ford had shot Jersey Shore. You know what I mean? Like, imagine these giant, <laughs> monumental, beautiful landscape shots, and then there's just fucking Snooky and Jay Wow running around in the picture. Um, not that it's that foolish all the time, but that the characters and the act that the kind of performances we're getting up front don't feel like they fit in this really interestingly planned out in deep world. I don't so, feel like we explore the world um, enough. And I guess that's just a credit of how much I enjoyed uh, the world building process. Sorry, I'm completely distracted with the thought of uh, the situation <laughs> running through Lawrence of Arabia right now. It's... Yeah. <laughs> like if they, they shot... when they come over the hill to fucking raid that little Arab village, and, and he's, he's like, just lifting Jim his Tan shirt laundry! up. Jim Tan laundry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, don't lift your abs up; you'll get sunburned. No, I like it. No. <laughs> um, I agree though. <laughs> Now I'm just like, now we're totally off kilter. That's all I'm thinking about now. That's true. I know. Honestly, I, <laughs> I can't concentrate. Okay. I, I agree. Like, the world is so great, and yet, like, the backdrop is so wonderful, and the story we get is just so, like, really? Like, I mean, it's a very simple through line. Like, honestly. Other than and the I fact don't even that, mind that. Other than, other than the battleground being Newark, which I thought was really strange. Like, like he's like, I got to get back to Newark. I'm like really who the fuck ever wants to go back to newark i've been to newark it is terrible i never want to go back <laughs> yeah I, I mean to me this is what i i had wrote down that this movie and it, it's funny because i don't know that this solves it but the world is so like the the set designs and everything in this movie it is so visually like, I, I felt gluttonous watching it right like i just gorge myself on these beautiful sets and the right. visual designs and to me, I was like, this should have been a fucking Terry Gilliam movie. Yeah. But the problem is, is that Terry Gilliam, I don't know if that helps this movie because the sets were already beautiful and don't need his extra touch. Right. And I don't know that he does upfront characters tremendously better. But Le Roberto Luongo or whoever directed this movie, I don't think he, I don't even know if he directed another movie after this. Very well might not have. Like, this is something that really was, this is something that came up a lot, I feel like, in the 90s was... Whenever they tried like, to actually, do yeah, it's like his this. last director credit on IMDb. Whenever people try to like do, some R <laughs> so he did Megadeth, REM videos, a Tales from the Crypt episode, and then Johnny Mnemonic. Wow, storied career. <laughs> but this is something really common. Like I feel like this happened a lot in the '90s, which was music video directors would make the leap with like a passion project, and they yeah. get to do this thing, and it was either a huge hit, like it would be either like. You'd either be like Fincher doing Aliens Three, or you'd do Johnny Mnemonic. Like that's really it. Like you would get the. You'd either get. You'd either get Those the. Are, this is the proverbial. I came to a fork in the road and I took Johnny Mnemonic over Aliens Three. <laughs> yes, like this I happened. Took the path a lot. more Mnemonic. <laughs> I I think there's a lot of this happen. There a lot of this happened in the '90s where like directors made the leap to features and they either chose to do. Aliens 3, like you either are Fincher or Spike Jones, and you're going to make a leap to an indie 
or you're going to make a leap to like, you know, you get the big you get the big franchise or you decide, no, I want to do Johnny Mnemonic. And that's what you end up doing, which isn't bad. Right. There's not a, there's not a wrong choice, but it's just one of those things that's really fascinating is some of these directors just faded out because they did the wrong. They did the they did essentially the wrong choice for Hollywood at the time. But I and still, think- is, I don't, I don't want to like shit on this guy. Like I don't even know Not what became all. of him, right? The thing that he made a really fun movie. I agree. The problem is, is that when I think of the world, and then even just like the wacky ass characters that are put into this, it just feels like there was another height that could have been achieved. What we right. got is an exceptionally fun and memorable film. Yes, but I, I couldn't help wondering. If heaven could have been a little higher. <laughs> I agree. I mean, the thing, it's just a fa- it's a fascinating thing to watch these kinds of movies, particularly stuff that like flew on the, under the radar, under the radar like this is really fascinating. Again, look, I, by no stretch of the imagination, think that Johnny Mnemonic's like the best movie I've ever seen, but I do think it's kind of unfairly characterized because I actually think there's a lot of cool stuff going on in this movie. I, I like that okay. there's. Although it uh, seems for, low for tech. For nothing else, if nothing else is true, this movie has two things that make it unforgettable and definitely worth seeing more than you once. You are not wrong. Fucking robo-Jesus Dolph Lundgren. Yep. And the fucking psychedelic robo-dolphin. That's literally... If nothing else. There's, there, if nothing are, else. Nothing else. Those are the two <laughs> things that matter the most to see in this movie. I shouted... When they, it's I totally immediately forgot. better than ninety nine point nine percent of every fucking comedy, romantic comedy. Like I don't need to see those things for the eight thousandth time. I have never seen a psychic dolphin nope. plugging in with Keanu Reeves and doing like a journey. Like I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, that's all. That's I, better. That makes it better than I, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Oh, I shouted so Magic. loudly when the dolphin showed up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, what? Oh my no. god. That's what it kind of takes, because this is the thing. It, I mean, you're right. It is a it's a fairly simple and and classic through line, right? And I think that is by design. Yeah, because the more time they have to spend setting up the world, right, and all the background stuff, the characters themselves, out of necessity, are going to be a little thinner, right? Right. Their plan can't be as convoluted. They're not going to have as much depth. Like this movie falls into this tragic thing. It does a lot where. I feel like it misses some of the best Keanu to make him do the, I'm having an emotional outburst. Oh my moment God. Where whenever anyone talks to him, he just turns around and has like a really loud emotional outburst. That's very flat that, for no reason. That whole bit, <laughs> like that whole bit comes like in the last third of the movie where they're just, he and Dina Meyer, just Dina Meyer's in the movie, by the way. Like she's, she, Dina Meyer's like a, like NAS sufferer who like carries on with him, but who feels like she's, like essentially a cyborg. That's also why she has the plague a little bit, right? Yeah, she's like got a lot. They mentioned she's got when a lot she of sees a, Udo Kier has like the weird like mannequin. <laughs> Udo Kier, fuck slaves. Udo, Udo Kier is the best. <laughs> he's so good at this. Movie. He's got his weird like uh, you know sex robot bodyguards. Yeah, yeah. And she fucking starts beating him up, and she's like, "I'm faster. I'm the new model." So again, this is just kind of that casual. There's there's cyborgs as well, right? So not only do we have this digital world where all of these crimes and new problems arise, but I mean, most people aren't even people anymore in this world in the traditional sense. No, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like this is 
Keanu learned a big lesson from this movie before The Matrix, which is Keanu is really good at kind of the small, like, I am so baffled by what's happening around me. Yeah. But I have to keep going, guy. Yeah. Right? Keanu Reeves' Keanu characters... The big fucking fiery Mel Gibson explosion. His most popular characters are literally the straightforward. Like, they are the through-line characters. There's absolutely nothing else they need to do besides accomplish their goal. That's it. Like No, Keanu Reeves at his best is a fucking murderous Charlie Bucket. That's it. Right? He's walking around the fucking chocolate factory going, Wow, this is beautiful. And then some fucking Augustus Gloop just gets a fucking neck snap. Yeah. Or a it. boot to the face. That's why John that is that's the why best John Wick's so great. Of that's why yes. the Matrix is wonderful. And that's why Johnny Mnemonic. That's why he and Johnny Mnemonic. I think this might be some of my favorite Keanu Reeves stuff. Like that bit after he like when that when he's like fucking goes off, that might be one of my favorite Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, that, that's why it might be one of my favorite Keanu Reeves bits. See, like, I, I don't I think Keanu in this movie is good in some parts, right? Like I like him in the role of the guy who's just in over his head on the run. Yeah. I think what I notice is that this the the movie version of this character for Keanu that he did well in is Constantine. Right? Yes. Cuz he kind of yeah. has this yeah. devil may care, fuck you, I'm a man on my own, like I'm not afraid of the dangers. Cuz one of the big things they're doing throughout the movie is that he's got double capacity going so that's something they don't understand right he gives himself more brain capacity but somehow he can go double over the capacity right like normal computers don't work like that right you can't just shove in twice as much so there's kind of this weird extra area where human beings can somehow hold more information so keanu's slowly melting down and having visions and you know he's dying throughout the movie yes and again so i was like this is just a more digital constantine and I feel like Constantine just used him much better because it was more of a simmering. Yeah. Well, right? The, the fucking simmering before he boils right. over, Keanu's great at. Right. I, I, I agree. I think that there are bits that he's really good at and there's parts that he's not very good. And yeah, I think Constantine is a great analog to this movie. Like yeah. that particular version of that character. Uh, I really, really, really liked... Uh, seeing ice tea by the way that was probably what i yeah the the amount of musicians in this movie was just wonderful <laughs> Hen- henry yeah, see, henry I was rollins. the same way when i saw henry rollins i was like oh fuck yeah i was like henry rollins yeah okay we're doing this he's good henry, henry rollins, rollins is, is like this henry rollins is a good actor i, I <laughs> yeah him and ice tea are good actors i enjoyed them in these the, movies they are but like they both do not get enough credit as being guys who can show up in movies and just put it down, man. Like it's yeah, pretty phenomenal what they can pull off, especially yeah. in this kind of movie. That's like all goofy set pieces and shit. Like Henry Rollins chews the scenery a little bit, but man, it is just fun to watch him act. Like he's just, he's just a fun guy. I, I, no, I really, he's like good. Him. His doctor character is really good. He's got uh, a really fucking good scene when he stands up to Dolph. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When he's kind of like super punk rock doctor, like, fuck you, I am down for the cause, right? Yeah. He's like, I practice medicine in fucking heavy metal t-shirts, fuck you. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Ice-T, I loved, Heaven is my favorite set piece they added in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. Heaven being on the bridge and the kind of analog community they've set up where they're they're kind of spiking into the broadcast. Like, I fucking adored all that. Um, I'll tell you, though, this movie, the, the one thing I would have changed right off the top, <laughs> is 
they they let the plot get a little convoluted, right? Because it's already a very busy plot. So there's a Yakuza guy yeah. who's leading the hit squad who wants to betray his Yakuza boss who's lost his daughter to the plague. And then he also calls in Dolph Lundgren, who's an assassin. So it's like, there's a lot of stuff. I'm like, first thing, okay, so the, the Asian hitman who has like the little thumb ring. Right. That like oh, yeah, sells people. Yeah, cool weapon. Very cool, cool weapon. It's like fucking a uh, laser garrot wire almost. Yeah. Uh, but I was I like, like, this I've guy, this guy who looks like Asian Bella Lugosi, get him out of there. Right. Like he looks exactly like Bella Lugosi. <laughs> And I, it bothered me the whole time. I, like, I was like, I even think they did like the caked on Dracula white face makeup. It's <laughs> so like every scene he came in, I was just thinking of Bella Lugosi and it really bothered me. But I was like, okay, so you have a Yakuza guy who needs to get his shit back. Right. Why add the extra assassin team? The fir- like In the first 10 minutes of this movie, right? When Johnny's on the run, the very next scene is you call Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren in this movie is every single thing that guys like us that like these kind of weird sci-fi adventures. Yeah, yeah. That's the character you want. And I'm not saying this is not an all-time great written character because everything he says is like one of those scripture out of context things. Yeah. It's like a bad, you know, a bad, uh, sometimes bad writing falls back on, I'm just going to say a Bible line like it's yeah. very profound. That's, yes. This happens a lot. But Dolph Lundgren is a fucking giant cyber man of religion <laughs> who works for the yakuza and takes their money to then further his uh techno christ regime it is pretty fucking hilarious like i was like take out asian bella lugosi and show me that church what does his congregation look like because i'm sure those people are fucking terrifying hot messes it just had <laughs> dolph lundgren stalking through the whole movie yeah that i was like we needed more dolph by uh, the end we really did i'll tell you what though with with that, with less Dolph came probably one of my all-time favorite movie deaths. And he, wait, time out. And his knife is a crucifix, <laughs> like yes. an ornate crucifix with Jesus that he shakes people with. He's like this, like he's this best. He's like the best character. Like I like the idea that like William Gibson and this guy were writing this movie, and they're like, hmm, what's the most on the nose thing we could do for yeah. this? Remember in Terminator 2, like, that was cool what they did with Arnold, but if we could really pile on some more on-the-nose symbolism, (laughs) that's what I want. That's what I think is going to, like, really send this movie. Also, let's make sure we get Dolph He has very strong robotic legs. He can carry the weight of (laughs) on-the-nose, in-your-face symbolism. (laughs) (laughs) He also... That said, I fucking loved it. He has one of my favorite death scenes. (laughs) Like, that was just absolutely bonkers watching this whole thing and i just i love every time tell the death scene talk the death scene out what was it that you loved about it it was just (laughs) like (laughs) in a movie of like pure ridiculousness like to me dolph lung (laughs) like (laughs) in a movie of pure ridiculousness this death just occurs and it's like the movie like explodes like you're just waiting I'm gonna, for the I'm end of the movie. Die. I'm laughing too hard. I actually was just reading what I wrote down shot by shot as the ending happened. <laughs> but he looks like he's going to kill Keanu, right? Because yeah. Keanu can't fight him because he's a giant fucking cyborg. Man. Right. <laughs> and all of a sudden they like reprogram a sonar dish. And the dolphin, they do like a close up on the dolphin, like he like he actually, looks at Dolph, it's the same. He, he, it's the same visual effect that Aquaman has when he talks to fish. 
Like, it's the same thing. It's just, <laughs> but, but it's like fucking scanners. And so the dolphin fucking sonar beams. Dolph Lundgren and he goes, Spawn of Satan! <laughs> he's caught in electrical wires. Yeah. In a crucifix and gets fucking electric. <laughs> this is like... Two of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen in any movie. Just fucking kidding. The most absurd showdown. Oh, like, dude. How how does every movie not have this scene? Dolph Lundgren. Like fucking Robo Dolph, Dolph, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Death in this movie. <laughs> and then Jonesy the fucking psychic Dolph. <laughs> I mean, as far as coolest fucking things I've ever seen in a movie. I was like, I don't know. I'm sure there was some executive where they're like, is this just too much? And William Gibson and Luongo just fucking both simultaneously powder slept. <laughs> How dare you? I like my just... brain didn't have enough gigabits to enjoy how fully awesome that was. That was it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a movie. Not just because of how ridiculous it was, but also just like again, Dolph Lundgren I'm has the you most right like, now. I'm glad that Amy shit. doesn't let me smoke joints in the house, or I would actually be dying right now from laughing so hard. <laughs> if I had had, if Amy let me smoke joints while I did this show, I would actually be on the floor dead right now <laughs> from replaying that scene in my brain. It's. I mean, again, like, it, it finishes the way it starts, which is just, like, on the nose, man. Like, that's really what yes. Dolph Lundgren's character should have been called, is just on the nose, man. Like, dying by psychic dolphin sonar vibrations <laughs> into essentially, like, just, like, a, a crucifix. <laughs> Come on, man. A cyborg. On, and then they have that great moment at the end when he's, like, a fucking skeleton. <laughs> and the skeleton starts to raise up oh, yeah. from the goo. And they're like, oh, shit. And they pan back, and it's two guys like on a pulley, like picking yep. up his corpse. That I, I fucking thought that was such a good little gag. But I also a part of me is like, you gotta let that motherfucker get up, dude. I was like, this is his actual Jesus moment. Yeah, like he's so much cyborg that he's allowed to fucking be reborn, push I, the fucking stone from the cave door, and start whooping ass. See, again. that's what I thought. I was like, oh shit, dude, he's not done. That's awesome. And then like they cut. Yes. But then they cut. So they cut to Ice T's reaction shot, and then they cut back. I'm like, wait. Ice-T didn't see those guys picking him up, and he was just shocked that he was moving. I don't understand what's going on right now. <laughs> I'm like, That's the only way that that could have gotten better. Exactly. Is if he got up and spouted some fucking line from the Bible about resurrection. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. They should have made a good, it. That's a good visual gag, man. I fucking... Holy shit. That was so funny. But this is... Oh, dude. We kind of passed over this whole huge thing that I thought was really cool in the movie, too. Um, I fucking, there is this weird relationship that people have with how good they're going to be in this movie, right? So Keanu's constantly like screaming at the redhead. Yeah. And then she trips out and he's like, oh, I better save her. Right. Yeah. Like for yeah. no reason. He just, oh, he's a good guy. It's right. Like it's he's just doing, he's like just doing the right thing for the right yeah. thing's sake. Cause we don't, we don't just feel bad for this guy who wants to get out. Just everyone's trying to murder him. We have to give him a saves the cat moment 45 minutes into the movie. Right. But, uh. What I really liked, and this was actually a cool addition that I thought they were going to do a little more of, was I liked the ghost in the machine. I thought that was really interesting. What do you right? mean? Right? So, the, the, the woman ghost that keeps appearing. Oh, yeah. 
right? So yeah. she appears early in the film to Johnny when he's he's booting up and he's doing his fucking uh, Kabuki Dance Dance Revolution <laughs> internet use, which, right. by the way, I thought was awesome. I I'm like, how, else, how do you make someone using the internet visually awesome? Yeah. How, do like, you make one the, way. how do you make the internet cool? Yeah, I was like, that was cool. I like that. <laughs> but uh, she comes and she's like, Johnny, they're closing in. Run. And so Asian Bella Lugosi's like running around like, oh, fuck, he got away again. <laughs> you know, vampire voice. And uh, but I thought that was cool. Right. And then she appears to the new head of what is it? Pharmacore. Is that what it's called? Yeah, for, yes. Yeah. For, for, Pharmacom. 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 And she tells him. Right. And this is a really cool scene that kind of gets lost in how crazy the world is becoming rapidly. Like at the end of the movie, the world is spiraling out of control. Um, but what we learn is that what Johnny has in his head is he has the cure for NAS and that Pharmacorp right. wants to get it back and destroy it um, because there's no money in healing people. Right. Basically, it's basically they're just doing what pharmaceutical companies have done since the beginning of time. Like, yes, that's really all. It is. <laughs> it's what we all assume, right, is that they don't actually want us to get better. They're kill like, I know people that think that the government has like hidden patents for tires that never go flat. Uh, things that cure cancer and AIDS and diabetes, like that's like massive conspiracy theory stuff. Everyone believes that somehow. Right, right. Um, but what I like is a scene when the ghost in the machine. We don't quite know what it is or what it's doing, and she's one of the images actually to decode the information. Right. Um, and she has that scene where she confronts the Yakuza guy. Right. Or no, he's at, he actually works for Pharmacor, Pharmacom, I think. And she tells him is that in his pursuit of profits and this and that, like kind of the cutthroat world that he's in, he let his daughter die to the plague. Yeah. To keep the fucking cure a secret. And I was like, holy shit, man. Yeah, that was a really... That's insane. And that this, was this, good writing. Yeah, and that this woman actually went through a legal case to be recognized as a full AI citizen. Right. Right? So that she could upload as she was about to die and be this kind of extra level of consciousness. And she kind of gets a little muddled by the end. We don't know if she's good or bad or why she's doing what she's doing. But I like the idea of someone who was an insider knowing that it's wrong, goes digital, but then still is trying to save the real world. Right. I thought that that was a really good choice for this movie, right? Because yeah. what Johnny Mnemonic does a lot is it reminds us of how melded the technology is to us. You right. know, it's one of the only movies where it's like we're not going to all the way escape reality just because we have technology right you know so that even if the technology makes us worse or whatever we get like you know those fucking judge dread style fuck machines whatever there is still a real world human meat component to it right and i i, I love that ghost in the shell thing and it really does get lost in this you know fucking cyber jesus dolphin scanner fight <laughs> that there is a CEO that legally battled to become an AI citizen. Right. Who's now trying to release the cure. I thought that was a really it's awesome extra detail that gets washed away. It's cool and yes, like gets overlooked completely. Like that's really kind yeah. of like I also there's I I really I, it never gets told what the cure for NAS is. Like I'm assuming it's not a pill. Like well, no, at the end they start broadcasting it just through every TV and people are watching it at bars right. and well, I that was so the thing. That people we can record it. Well, that was the thing. We didn't get to see it, but we did get to see Ice T's reaction. Like, this is the best part: is like the end of the movie is literally them going, 
well, do you think it worked? And they look up and Pharmacom's building's just exploding and they're like, yep. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. So does that mean everyone who's working in the building's like, fuck, it's over. And they're just like, like looters, like just throwing shit out the windows. Just like, <laughs> ain't no cure and- for a falling building, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like that. I was like, wait, that's the visual cue to know that the, that the, that it's working is that it was like, fuck it. I'm out. And just like blowing up the building. Uh, but I I really wanted to know what the cure was going to be. Like, I think it's a good night's sleep and, like, 50% less <laughs> cyberpunk cocaine. That's what I assume it is. No, yeah, you just... Because they like are literally doing... like, hey, every morning just have an apple and do yoga. Like, chill the fuck out, people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Every morning, it's just, like, just relax. D- don't look at your shit immediately, guys. Just this don't... is the ultimate twist, is that all it is is articles from Gwyneth Paltrow's Gloop. <laughs> they don't know that it's all false. <laughs> You have all these people are dying in the hospital, steaming their vaginas, and they're like, the savior is false. <laughs> oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> Gwyneth- Lifestyle bloggers become the new fucking saviors of humanity. Gwyneth Paltrow becomes RoboChrist. That's the sequel. That's Johnny Mnemonic, too, yeah. if you ask me. You know, like those girls that fucking write articles for like BuzzFeed? It's like, ugh, life is so overwhelming and I'm fucking burned out. I'm 23 years old. <laughs> I just have to limit my screen time and four lattes a day. And it's like, you're 23. You don't have problems. You don't know how to lifestyle. <laughs> That's a personal gripe. That's either here nor there. That was good. I liked that. I ultimately, though, uh, yeah, Johnny Mnemonic is Johnny Mnemonic has all the themes of a good cyberpunk story. Yes, it has some fun. It has some really fun Keanu Reeves moments. We get Dolph yep. Lundgren as Robo Christ. There's a fucking <laughs> psychic dolphin. I literally I don't mean, think jo- you need Jonesy else sells the whole movie. You if don't you need hear about Jonesy, else. and you don't want to watch this. I pity you. Yeah. If someone said in the movie Johnny Mnemonic there's a psychic dolphin who like can fucking Aquaman sonar people to death. If that doesn't yes. make you want to watch Holy this movie, shit. you're insane. Dude, that would have been the best Easter egg ever for Aquaman. Fuck, if, you're right. Instead of a seahorse, Dolph Lundgren would have been riding Jonesy. Oh, dude, what the hell? What That is God a missed opportunity, damn it. man. This, see, this is what I'm talking about. Johnny Mnemonic is very undervalued and appreciated. It's been lost to time. In a Warner way. Brothers, you fucked up. No, I mean, this is the thing. I agree with you. The The big themes are great. The world is so fucking visually decadent and fucking rich. Um, the playground is great. The The plague world is fucking fun. Yeah. I like the Every character has, like, these weird, cool, like, Udo Creer with his sex bodyguards. And, oh, they're going to put Johnny's brain in cryo storage. Yeah. They're just going to saw his fucking head off. Like... Lot it's of- just it's it's such a fucking fun movie. And again, it sounds like I know people think that we were kind of shitting on it at times. I think that's just part of an honest discussion of film, right? Yeah. Like every movie I like, there are things that I don't think are perfect for me. Absolutely. But that's the thing. Every movie is a ideally a giant like I guess a good way to describe it would be it's it's a greatest hits album, right? Yeah. You might not love every song, but to someone else, the song you don't like is great. Yeah, and so I I think this song or or the this movie as it were, the stuff that is good is so fucking fun and especially memorable, man. Like yeah. memorableness in movies is so important to me. Um, it's kind of this unique hodgepodge of really 
fucking fun, big stuff. And, yeah. you know, I, I just think it's it's one of those, I can't believe how little I hear people talking about it nowadays. I agree. I mean, look, on a rewatch, the movie itself is actually very, it's, again, it's probably the precursor to a lot of what Keanu Reeves has like built his career on like and that he's done exceptionally well for people is he oh, i mean this was definitely the audition tape for the matrix i would imagine oh for sure like like once they the didn't get will smith they're like oh fuck look at him in johnny mnemonic once will smith said no sorry i'm gonna make buco bucks on this wild wild west film <laughs> <laughs> they uh they're like oh we could get the johnny mnemonic guy i'm sure that'll work out and it did yeah it's like do you want giant robo uh squids or robo spider Spider, y'all. <laughs> Spider, guys. Sorry. I'm out. Me, Kevin Klein, we're going to go save the Wild West. Like, that's... Yeah. We're, we're going to have to watch that movie at some point, too. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my. I think that... I think Johnny Mnemonic might be one of the more undervalued movies we've watched. Because I really... Yeah. I really didn't hate it. It's got a lot of... There's a lot of... No. Like, the style of the world itself is makes the whole thing very engaging. I think yeah, it gets, it, there, it gets, there are some things that feel straight to VHS quality oh, yeah. mixed into this much bigger um, and, and more deep world, right? Right. So at times it feels a little mismatched, but I mean, overall, again, Dolph Lundgren is a robo religious zealot who fights a fucking dolphin in a scanner's fight. Come on. That's guys. all I should have to say. There's really nothing else you need to know about this movie besides that. If I didn't tell you anything else, that should be able to get you there. If it doesn't, then I don't know, man. You just have no joy in your life. That's far. That's, that's right. about as far as I can go with yeah. it. I know you're so fucking burnt out. I can't <laughs> watch a screen for even 25 more hours. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, Griff. <laughs> Griff I'm you just fucking taking shots. Griff, you definitely. See, I'm, a, I'm up in heaven. You're definitely, a, you're definitely up people. in heaven. You're definitely up in I'm, heaven. I'm dropping sure. Volkswagen bugs carelessly on millennial culture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I again, like so many things, right? Don't, don't fucking crush a movie just because it has some warts. No. Get past it. Fucking fill your brain. <laughs> You know, double the gigabits of your brain space will be full of awesomeness if you will watch this movie. It's, it's, it's I, true. I don't know. I think I think it's one that everyone should watch and enjoy. I think this is a universal, yes, this- a universally easy to appreciate and enjoy film, which I yeah. think is it's a rare feat. Like, I can't imagine any person that I know that I couldn't watch this with right. it has action for your dad. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's got enough that your mom won't be too weirded out. Friends, girlfriends, anyone. You can watch this with anyone. This movie ends up be being good. just one of those things where you have you have the opportunity to see something that really is kind of a it's a precursor for a lot of people. Like particularly Keanu Reeves. Like obviously we all knew that Dolph Lundgren was an actor already, but like Henry Rollins gets to be in the movie, Ice T, like this is the beginning of their careers where they were still just trying to like break into the movies and they were still musicians yeah. mainly. But yeah. again, like it's one of those things where you get to see stuff. I th- like. There's a whole span of movies in the '90s, and I think we covered. I think we, other than Existence, almost the other three of these movies all had this VR tech visuals that mm. they used in the film. That like were still really rudimentary, but like 
pretty much that's where CGI was. Like that's where it started and that's where it came from. I mean, and Johnny Mnemonic was made after Jurassic Park. I think. Was it really? <laughs> I think. What was Jurassic Park? Ninety four. Yeah, Park Mnemonic's ninety five. Yeah, Jurassic after, Park was, was ninety three. After Jurassic Park, that was still like, and that was still high tech. That was still expensive visuals. But I like, think, I think the thing to remember is that yes, some of the effects are dated. Like when Johnny goes in and he has his avatar and the dolphin avatar comes down, <laughs> it feels dated. Lawnmower Man feels dated. Existence finds a clever way around that, right? Yes. By just uh, having virtuosity is a little dated as well. The thing that I like is that. Although dated, they still feel like they're addressing a modern problem. Yes. I don't think that holds back any of the movies we picked in our uh, not at all. And our theme that kind of examines the late '90s fear of what was coming right. next. Particularly, <laughs> I feel like Johnny Mnemonic is the one that I think most most prevalently addresses the fears that we all very rightfully so have now in the 21st century. NAS. Feels like something that could be coming, right? NAS feels like something that could be coming when we all find out what our cell phones are actually doing to us. Yeah, it's like, oh, dude, our our brains are literally melting. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that feels like something they're just going to tell us in 40 years. Like, yeah, I don't know why you guys were doing that. You know, like asbestos and lead paint. Like, why were you fucking on those things all yeah. day? Like, that's really kind of what it's going to be. That's exactly what's going to happen. We're going to have kids that are going to come. We're going to have kids coming out of the womb that need glasses because we've just been like, we're like, we're like transferring our poor eyesight from like staring at our phones all day down. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a fascinating. It's again, like, it's just a fascinating movie about very relevant stuff in the 21st century that just sort of gets bogged down by the fact that it's sort of the cyberpunk story and everyone goes, Oh, cyberpunk. Cause I think that that concept makes people roll their eyes because I don't think it's wildly, it's not a very wildly explored notion, which is interesting. Don't fear Johnny mnemonic. And definitely that's don't. how we'll wrap it up. Right. But we're fearing the, we net. Feared the net. Don't fear watching Johnny mnemonic. Uh, Guys, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Please watch it with a friend. If they like it, share the show with them. Personal connections help us get more listeners. So we're always coming to you on Bended Knee asking for more. Uh, and I will never stop doing that, sadly. That's the nature of this. I, w- I, will, jo- be I will jonesy like my a me- fucking junk cult. <laughs> I will jonesy my message out to the world. <laughs> You guys are the Lundgrens, and we're fucking Dolphin Stanner. <laughs> oh, fuck yes! That alone makes the movie great. Guys, if you listen to us on a directory where you can leave a rating and review, please do. It does help us uh, chart. It helps us find new audiences we might not have access to otherwise. Also, you guys are cool and have socials. You don't have anything to be worried about with NAS. That's like chemtrails and other conspiracies. Be on your phone all day sharing us. Uh, (laughs) And finally, guys, next month, a little heads up. We will have, uh, we just did a a live movie, a movie that just went live, right? So we just covered Velvet Buzzsaw for you guys. I hope you like that one. Fascinating movie with a lot of uh, things to talk about. Um, Oh, yeah. This month, we're only doing three movies, right? A little bit of a shorter month. We're a little condensed. We're going to catch up now. So this next month, we're doing uh, Love on the Rocks. The Pod's Love is on the Rocks, right? These are 
relationship movies that aren't going as well as they could, right? In honor of uh, the season of love, Valentine's Of course. Day. We have to do so, the inverse. Yes, we have three movies where uh, featuring rocky relationships. <laughs> so first off, we have uh, just the most baffling, maybe the most baffling movie we've ever done, right up there with the lure. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is Tiptoes. Is it Tiptoe or Tiptoes? Tiptoes. Tiptoes. This is Matthew McConaughey dating Kate Winslet. Afraid to tell her that his entire family are dwarfs and Gary Oldman actually plays a dwarf. In the role of a lifetime. Yeah, it's a... In the role of a lifetime. It's almost impossible to capture what that movie is in just that sentence. Uh, It's something you really must fucking cram into your eyeballs and it will take a while to process this movie. The sentence you need Uh, to remember is Gary Oldman... (laughs) Gary, so Gary Oldman plays a dwarf. That's really the thing you need to. It's or little person. Sorry, it's oh one God, of those sorry. magical things that came from that just explosion of '90s indie movies, where it's like anything indie can be glorious and magical. Uh, it's awesome, guys. So we can't wait to do that. Next up, hide your rabbits. We're coming for them with Glenn Close and Fatal Attraction. <laughs> uh, perhaps one of the all-time best women scorned movies. Oh, ever yeah, by far not only like, it's just a it's a fucking amazing film uh for any list any category anything it's amazing and i can't wait to discuss that movie. it's awesome yes and then finally what's our third one alex what's may. the third one we're doing may i forgot lucky mckee this is 2002 may um about a lonely outsider of a, it's kind of like what if amelie was creepier and began to murder people does I'll that tell you all? That sounds good. I'm down. I, I took that deafening silence as you catching your breath because it sounds so cool. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a Dramatic Frankenstein setup. Uh, really fucking fun movie. A really great horror movie that I feel like a lot of people I know um, maybe just got missed. You know what I mean? It wasn't a big release. Uh, so I always love sharing that movie with anyone who I can get to talk to me about it. Uh, so that's it, guys. We've got May, we've got Tiptoes, and we've got Fatal Attraction next month. Uh, also, we will have some uh, ad- another double feature, perhaps, with Head of the Family and Lost Boys, and maybe some movies that are uh, brand new uh, that we can jump in on with you guys. Oh, yeah. So, one less show, but uh, we'll still have plenty of content coming at you guys. Thanks for your time, as always. From the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino. Ha 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 